When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Recorded live. As sin nature. He has no choice. He has the nature of sin, and the nature of sin is going to make him sin. You see, you can take a mule and treat him like a racehorse, but he's still a mule by nature. You can dress him like a racehorse, feed him like a racehorse, house him like a racehorse, put him behind the blocks, let the gun sound off, he's going to act like a mule, because that's his nature. A sinner is going to sin because he has the nature of sin. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. You remember when you were a sinner before you made Jesus the Lord of your life? By willpower, you tried to stop doing certain things, and you kept doing some kind of sin because, listen, when you have sin nature, you go sin. But what happened? The day you got born again, you made Jesus the Lord of your life. He came in, new creation. The old sin nature died, left you. Glory to God. Now you got a new root. Now you got a new root, and that new root, the new creation is going to produce new fruit. So now you, that you sin, you sin as a choice. You choose to do so. You don't have to. You do it as a choice because you need to renew your mind. You need to believe what's already happened to you. You need to accept your new identity. And then you're going to find out, I don't have to do this no more. I don't have to sin no more. I, people sin because they want to sin if they're Christians. But sinners sin because they ain't got no choice because they got the sin nature. Now, those of you who are born-again Christians, you don't have to sin. You're the righteousness of God. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You have been saved by grace. Don't ever refer to yourself as a sinner. You are a saint. Old sinner man has passed away. The new creation is now alive on the inside of you. And when you sin, it wasn't because the devil made you do it. You sin because you decided to, because you hadn't renewed your mind enough, because you're still growing, because things are happening. But guess what? You get better and better. It's like the light. It gets brighter and brighter. They can look at you and point fingers at you today, but invite them to keep watching you because you're growing and you're getting better and better and better. You're like wine. You get sweeter every year and go by. Amen. Say, I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God. We are not sinners saved by grace. We're not sinners with new clothes on. We are new from within, and we have become partakers of his divine nature. We're no longer called sinners, but we're called saints. Turn to your name and say, hello, saint. No longer do we put our trust. No longer do we put our trust in our performance. No longer do we put our trust in self-effort. We put our trust in Christ's effort. We put our trust in what Jesus has already done for us. That's who we trust. I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. You've got to learn how to trust Jesus for everything. Everything you need is in Jesus. Everything you'll ever need is in Jesus. But you've got to resign from trusting you, and you've got to trust Jesus. You just, you know, somebody says, well, that sounds religious, and, you know, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves for the last time. That is not in the Bible. Benjamin Franklin said that. It's not in the Bible. God helps those who resign from helping themselves so he can show them what they need to be doing. And that's the issue, the arrogance where you think your intellect is greater than what God has already done. 
No, 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 no. God is always going to be bigger than your intellect. He's going to be greater than your degrees, and he's going to be more awesome than your performance. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to trust God in everything. What are you going to do when you've done everything that intellect and society told you to do, and it still didn't work? It still didn't work. You went to parenting classes, and you did all of that, and it still didn't work. You had the super nanny come in, and she did her thing, and it worked while she was there, but when they left, she left. It still didn't work. What you going to do when you've done all you know to do, and you still ain't got no results? I'm glad I got a Jesus that I can look to and say, I don't know what else to do, but you do. So I'm trusting that you got something that man don't know about. I'm tr- Don't nobody know how to work stuff out like Jesus know how to work it out. And I've learned that I'm going to trust him. I've learned there's some things that have happened. I still hadn't figured out how it happened. But Jesus knew exactly what to do to make it happen. So you want my advice? You want wisdom above the wisdom of universities? Let me introduce you to the man Christ Jesus, and he will take you to places that you've never been before. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. You got to trust Jesus. You got to trust Jesus. You got to trust Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I can't give credit to my supplements. I can't give credit to my treatment. I can't give credit to my doctor. I can't give credit to my diet. I got to give credit to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. So I speak it by faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is about to turn your life around when you learn how to trust him. Why don't you put your trust in Jesus? He'll make everything all right. Hallelujah. Excuse me for getting excited, but I don't know where I would have been had I not trusted Jesus. He's still a way maker, praise the Lord. He still knows how to get people out of ditches. You don't even know how you fell in the ditch, but Jesus knows how to lift you up out of the ditch. He knows how to patch you up. He knows how to make everything all right, and I got to trust Jesus. If you put me in your house, I'm going to tell everybody in there, you got to trust Jesus. If they let me back in the White House, I'm going to tell them, you got to trust Jesus. If they let me in the Capitol, I'm going to let them, you got to trust Jesus. I done did all that other stuff y'all done told me. I kept the recommendations. It didn't turn out like Jesus did it. Jesus said, I'm going to show you something you ain't never seen before. I worked this thing out 2,000 years ago. Jesus show up and does an awesome thing in your life, then you will know. 
not going to trust nobody else but Jesus. You went to the psychologist when you went through a traumatic experience, when, when, you, when you lost a loved one, a husband or a wife, and, and you tried to get it fixed, and you did everything somebody told you, but, but couldn't, nobody couldn't do it for you but Jesus. He had a peace that passes all understanding. You can't even explain how come you're able to do what you do right now, but it was Jesus stirring in the nest. It was Jesus acting like that eagle, doing something that man couldn't figure out how to do. Preach. I, I, 
Hallelujah. All right. All right, sit on down. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name. God is not bankrupt in grace. He got something for you, too. What he did for one, he'll do it for somebody else. Because if he did it once, he'll do it again. Woo, Jesus. You know, I try not to holler and scream and all that kind of stuff, but that's a part of my worship when I look at what God has and is doing for me. I, I, try, I try to articulate and, you know, stay monotone and all that kind of stuff, but I, I got to thinking about what he's done, how he's... Walking around with fear. 
Wonder how this gonna happen. He keeps doing it. He keeps delivering. He keeps healing. He keeps financing. He keeps making a way out of no way. And you ask me why I'm excited? You ask me why I'm praising it?
My dream is to publish a children's book. My dream is to be a bodybuilder. It's never too late to embrace the dream in your heart. With Living It Up, the new series by Creflo Dollar, you'll learn to walk confidently in the truth that your success is in Christ. This relationship with Jesus begins to show you where to go. It begins to show you what to say. It begins to show you where the opportunities are located. It's because you have a serious relationship with God that guarantees success. Living it up will ignite your passion and awaken your dreams. Get this resource today and launch boldly into the dream God has given you. For a specific gift to the ministry, receive the Living It Up combo. It includes Living It Up 5 CD series, Refuel Your Dream 2 CDs, and Grace to Overcome Every Challenge book. And for a love gift of any amount, get a lift into your destiny with Creflo Dollar's two-part CD message, Refuel Your Dreams, and Step Boldly Over Your Challenge. What I have in my heart and my spirit, I can bring it to fruition. I can make it tangible. Receive the best God has for you. Order Living It Up today. You know, here on the Changing Your World broadcast, we love to share testimonies. And I've asked one of our staff members, Eric Strickland, if he'd join me. He's got something I know it's going to help you and bless your life. Eric, tell us what happened. Well, basically, this is a financial testimony. Um, my mortgage, I pay it automatically every month, and my mortgage switched to a different company. And I noticed when I got my statements from the new company, every month my mortgage was behind a month in the payments. And, of course, it didn't make sense to me since I pay it automatically. And this went on for a few months, and eventually they called me, and I talked to them, and they said, hey, um, you need to make this account right. And I talked to two agents. Both of them told me two completely different things, so I didn't really know what was going on. So, you know, the only thing I did was I'm like, okay, I'm the righteousness of God. God loves me. And that was it. I didn't confess any financial scriptures or provision. And I called one last time. The Holy Spirit said, call right now. So when I called, um, there was an agent on the phone. He got on the phone. He said, well, Mr. Strickland, let me um, pull up your account first thing I thought was, well, why didn't they do that the first time? He looked at it. He said, it looks like two of your payments got directed to two different places. Once I reverse that, you make your normal payment. Actually, you'll actually be ahead in your payments. And so once he did that, I got off the phone. Everything was fine. And the Holy Spirit said, Eric, stop. Do you realize what just happened? And I thought about it. I'm like, you're right. Basically, righteousness drew towards me what I needed. And I thought, you know what, because in your head I'm thinking, well, what does me saying God loves me and I'm righteous have to do with a financial situation? But literally, it attracted the very thing I needed. It kept me calm through the whole thing, and, and that was it. And I'm done. And I know pretty soon I'll be telling everybody the mortgage is completely canceled. You know, the Bible says, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you need shall be added unto you. We keep seeking what we need, and we don't seek our righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God. I have a right to have my needs met. And when you do that, praise God, you'll see his provisions as well. Eric, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we are absolutely sure that when you seek the righteousness of God, I'm the righteousness of God, I have a right to have my needs met, all these other things will be added unto you. 
Hey, keep the testimonies coming. They encourage us. They encourage other people. It adds value to what we know is right. And I believe that His grace is sufficient for you today. Understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Your love and financial support make it possible for this broadcast to be seen and heard in multiple languages on six different continents. We thank the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries for making this program possible. would like to take a moment to thank you, our partners, for your faithful prayers and financial support. Because of you, we're fulfilling Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And with your help, we're fulfilling Christ's great commission by preaching the gospel 24 hours a day, with 16 satellites reaching 89 million homes in America and 200 countries worldwide. We'd like to say thanks by sending you two gifts, a leather-bound edition of God's Promises for New Believers, filled with scriptures that deal with every area of your life, and a paperback edition of the same book to give your spouse, family, or friends. Get both books for a love gift of only $35 by calling 855-730-WORD. That's 855-730-9673. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support. There is a lost and hurting world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with your help, the Word Network will do our best to fulfill that great commission. Want a way to enjoy the Word Network anytime, anywhere? You can by downloading the new Word app and taking us with you. Stream your favorite shows or catch the ones you miss. Share the Word blog with your friends on Facebook or Twitter. And enjoy a daily Bible plan you can read or listen to. Stay connected to the latest ministry, music, entertainment, and more 24-7 by downloading the Word app. Or go to thewordnetwork.org for more information. God bless you. I'm Bishop George Bloomer. Save the date, September the 9th through the 12th. Word Network's Partners Conference. Look who's going to be there. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to have a right now word in season for you, and don't you dare miss it. And joining Bishop George Boomer and myself, Bishop has a cow walk right there. I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. We need you there. Save the date. Coming this fall, Word Network Partners Conference. Save the date and register today. program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. God wants you to reign! Today with Joseph Prince. The Lord is patient, not willing that any should perish. So if he's dragging the times, it's because he wants to get more people saved. Alright? There were many saved yesterday. And to be many saved today. God's heart is for you to be strong and healthy so you can live the abundant life. Receive Joseph's latest three CD audio series, Healed and Whole, as a thank you for your gift of any amount. God wants to move mightily in your life. Increase your capacity to receive his healing, peace, and provision today. For a specific gift, we'll send you a special collection that includes Joseph's latest.
latest book, Rain in Life, 90 Powerful Inspirations for Extraordinary Breakthroughs. Whatever challenge you're going through, let the truth shared in this book lead you to your breakthroughs. Request this and other exciting resources today. Discover God's transforming grace and start to reign in life. To order these resources, call us toll-free at one 877 Everything's okay. But on the inside, their heart's breaking, filled with anxiety, they're struggling. Behind the walls of nice houses, families are fragmenting and marriages are in trouble and people are hurting desperately. But because of Easter, you don't have to struggle in silence. You can be honest about it and bring your struggles to the hero of Easter and experience hope and healing. You don't have to go through life numb, just going through the motions, just trying to exist. You can come alive and experience real life. It's the whole reason Jesus came. He said this in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus died and rose again so that we can have life to the full. He wants you to live a full life. But there's a big difference between a full schedule and a full life. We get the two confused. I mean, you can have a full schedule of appointments with very important and influential people, but your life still be empty on the inside. You can live a life full of nice material things that keep you busy and distracted, but you still feel completely empty on the inside. You can live a life full of success, full of pleasure, full of accolades, full of accomplishments, but when you lay your head on the pillow at night, the emptiness still sweeps in like a flood, and it leaves with an aching soul, unfulfillment in your heart. I want us to go right now to the real palace theater and go inside the palace theater to discover the real story, the real inside scoop to what's going on in our hearts. I just love the classic movies. Yeah, me too. But what do you think it is about the classics that's so intriguing? It's the stories. The stories are so timeless. They always have a classic plot twist. There's good versus evil, appearance versus reality stuff, intriguing characters, and there's always a villain. All the elements we see every day in our own lives. Welcome to Story of Stolen. Hey, you're about to go on a journey that's going to be one of the most important adventures of your life. Entering into this story, you're going to recognize some very familiar elements. And like any story, there's a hero with a goal. And there's a villain that stands in the hero's way. And the stakes are high and the tension is real. And it's a true story. Well, not really. It's based on a true story. Yeah, it's based on a true story because this is our story. It's the story of everyone. It's your story. It's our story. This is the story of how the villain seeks to take away what God has set aside for you. Your inheritance is God's unique image bearers, the strength we have in Christ, our pre-wired dreams, impenetrable joy, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and a passion that propels and sustains us. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, married or single. Our stories are all the same. We can all relate to feelings of violation, loss, and betrayal that we experience when something valuable is taken from us. As we enter into the story of Stolen, remember that this villain is real and a part of your story. He lurks and he waits and he watches. 
He's casing us for our weaknesses and waiting for the opportune moment to steal what's most sacred to us. Well, are you ready to take our seats? Let's go. on the inside. Why is that? Why do we always feel empty when all this fullness is available to us? Well, the answer is found in the first half of John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, there's a real enemy whose whole purpose is to mess up your divine story and mine. He wants to steal your purpose, kill your hopes and dreams, and destroy your relationships. It's really valuable in war, in any kind of battle, to know the tactics of your enemy, the goal of your enemy. And the goal of our enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, have you ever watched one of those old black and white detective movies? Well, we want you to go to the movies with us for a few minutes because we have a little detective movie of our own to illustrate exactly what we're talking about. Just watch. Start with the paperwork. But most of the time it ends here. I fill in the blanks. Reduce some poor soul's story to a few lines on the report. This is how the truth gets lost. Or blurry, to be sure. In my line of work, you look for answers, but they gotta fit on the lines. Long before you're a veteran, you start thinking you got it all figured out. You say to yourself, there are only three types of people in this world. The sheep, the wolves, and the guard dogs. But something about this case left me wondering if there might be more to the story. An autumn nip in the air and the smell of wood smoke from a dozen chimneys along the block. Thank <laughs> you. 
hey, this is great. Finally, people are going to see the good things I've done. I've done a lot of kind things. I'm a good person, and you're excited about that. Then you remember it's a movie about everything you've ever done in your life, the good, bad, and the ugly, all your sins, every act of selfishness, every secret sin that no one else knows about, every thought, in fact, comes on the screen. Every motive of your life is laid bare. I don't know about you, but my hands are sweating just thinking about that. If it was a movie of everything I've ever done, said, thought, and all my motives, it would be a horror film for me. Every one of us has sinned. And what I just described for you is the picture of the judgment. The Bible says it's the point that the man wants to die and then the judgment. And so everyone who says, you know what, I don't need Jesus, I'll do it on my own, I'm a pretty good person, I can handle it. Um, I don't really need Jesus give me to heaven one day. I, I don't need God's sacrifice of his son. I'm, I'm good. Well, everyone who says that will be at that judgment, and their, the movie of their life will be shown for all to see. And at the end of the movie, when the credits roll, there will be nothing left to say. Because no one will be able to say, you know what, I'm a really good person. Because we've all sinned. And God's the only perfect one, holy, just, innocent. But the great news is, he sent the innocent one to take our place. To be the one that would substitute for us. So now the Bible says there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So if you say, Jesus, I need you and what you've done on the cross. I, I can't do it on my own. I need you. Then the great news is you get to skip the judgment because he was judged in our place. To take care of the sin problem. Some of you are, oh, thank you. So if I'm a Christ follower, there's not going to be a big movie about my life. That's great. I love it. In Isaiah 1.18, it says, No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you clean as freshly fallen snow. I love that verse. And I love how God paints pictures so clearly in his word so that we can understand what he's talking about. See, when I read this verse, I think of when I grew up in Chicago. My growing up days when it was about half the time, about half the year, it was snowy. It was freezing cold. And what I think of on those snowy times is mostly gray slush. Because if you've ever really lived in snow in a city, you know that very quickly everything just turns gray. The roads just pile up on the sides with, with gray and black and brown slush. I would walk to school and back every day on sidewalks with my feet, my tissues getting frozen, literally frozen cold in these just piles of dirty water and slush all around. It was uphill both ways. It was really hard. <laughs> and all, I just think of, of just kind of a mess, of a gray, mushy, sludgy mess. The clouds would be slung low and, and hanging gray. It's just a kind of a gray season for about half the year it felt like. But that's not the picture that God paints right here. He says, you'll be as clean as freshly fallen snow. And I remember that sometimes I would go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and look out my window, and it would have snowed during the night and be a clear, sunny day, not one cloud anywhere that you could see. And it would be absolutely dazzlingly brilliant because as far as you could see in any direction, everything was covered with white. Stars. Rooftops. Everything was white. 
Every snow crystal was reflecting the full light of the sun. It was breathtaking. That's the picture that paints of what he did for us on the cross. Don't let anybody ever tell you that your story is already written. blameless, innocent blood. It cleanses us, it washes away our guilt and our sin, and we get the opportunity to reclaim our stolen innocence. He's reclaimed all that on the cross, but he doesn't force that on you. You have to present a claim check to him. It's sort of like when you check your coat at a restaurant, and then after the evening's over, you come back to reclaim what's rightfully yours, your coat, and you give them your claim check with your number on it, and they give you what is rightfully yours, and you put it on. And that's the way it is with what Christ has done for us. He's reclaimed all these things for you, and it's just hanging up right there with your name on it. And the only claim check that works is the claim check of humility, where you come to him and say, Jesus Christ, I need your innocence because I'm guilty. I, I sinned. Jesus Christ, I need your peace of mind and heart because... I'm just filled with anxiety. Jesus Christ, I, I need you to make me whole again because I'm broken like everyone else. Jesus Christ, I need you. And it's a claim check of humility. And when you do that, then you claim those things. And he puts his coat of righteousness on you. And there's power in the name of Jesus. It says in Romans 10:13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls the name of the Lord Jesus and presents that claim check and says, Jesus Christ, I need your sacrifice. I need you. I want you to listen as Brody, one of our teenagers at the Fellowship Campus, recites all of Isaiah 53. I just read a little bit of it. He's going to recite the whole chapter. And then I want you to listen to this song that um, one of our worship leaders, Derek, wrote. It's called Jesus, Jesus. It's very simple and yet so profound because... We want you to experience Easter personally. And sometime during this song, uh, we're going to ask you to stand and sing it with us. And what I want you to do is just imagine that claim check in your hand and just sing the words, Jesus, Jesus. You know, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, and there's power in that because when you say Jesus, Jesus, just give it to him. And just let him do what he wants in your heart and in your life. Just listen. Indeed, who would ever believe it? Who would possibly accept what we've been told? Out of, who has witnessed the awesome power and the plan of the eternal in action? Out of the emptiness he came like a tender shoot from rock-hard ground. He didn't look like anything or anyone of consequence. He had no physical beauty to attract our attention. So he was despised and forsaken by men. This man of suffering, grief's patient friend. As if he were a person to avoid, we looked the other way. He was despised and forsaken. And we took no notice of him. Thank you. 
events we celebrate at Easter represent the most amazing demonstration of God's grace in the history of the world. The cross is God's grace on display. That is why our special thank you for a gift of $15 or more to support the outreaches of Carrie Shook Ministries today is the new book, The Case for Grace by Lee Strobel. If you're able to share a gift of $25 or more to help keep this kind of innovative Bible teaching coming to you and others, you'll also receive a frameable poster print of Carrie's hand-painted image called The Cross. Finally, if you can share $125 or more to be a part of the many innovative and Christ-honoring initiatives around the world, in addition to the resources just mentioned, you can request a special version of Carrie Shook's The Cross artwork on canvas stretched and mounted on a wood frame, ready to hang in your home or office as a reminder of your first-hand relationship with the Savior. To share and request your thank you resources. Good morning. Yo, what up, woman? Hey, Mr. Sam, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Cheryl, how are you? Really? Oh, wow, we're so honored. Oh, well, I mean, you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Cheryl. It's good to see you and hear you again, Cheryl. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Just love him as he is. He's not going to (laughs) change. Wow, you know she's blessing us with her presence. Oh my God, I just I just don't know what to say or to do. <laughs> and early too. Oh my. Okay, well, let me be quiet. Let me let her. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pearl. <clears throat> uh, uh, I'm going to be part of the early crew, except for on Wednesdays. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. I'm missing Erica and the Renees. Like around nine, eight. Oh, she, oh, don't do that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do that, y'all. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll be at I'll be at work. We gotta we go to work early on Tuesdays. But we gotta be more like Sam. More. <laughs> don't 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 do it. <laughs> more consistent. Mm. Don't don't do it. You'll be sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bro, <laughs> why don't you open us up in prayer? <clears throat> Gracious God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Yet again, Lord, to uh, just praise your name and to fellowship with one another. Mm-mm-mm. It's just a privilege. It, it, it's a privilege, Lord, and we don't even take it for granted that we actually woke up this morning. We all know someone that's not here, but we are, and we thank you, Lord, for our families. We thank you for waking us up in our right minds, Lord. <clears throat> we ask that everyone on this call be blessed today with... Either the reading or something that's said or even a prayer. And we thank and praise your name. Amen. 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 
Well, good morning. Good morning, Arthur. Hi, Felicia. He is up early on his spring break. Praise the Lord. Look at that. I don't know, right? <laughs> I, I told you I'm kind of semi-greedy. <laughs> oh, well, nothing will happen without me. What what he say, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> I like that. So how you guys doing? Did y'all rest well last night? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> I, was kind of, I was kind of like prepared to have a friend of mine who, was a, who lives now in Abu Dhabi. She um called me last night. She called the first time uh, early. And then she called back around about one third. I said, Cherie, you've been on there too long, baby, because she definitely forgot about the time. One thirty, come on now, what we get to talk about? I'm at work. I'm like, but I'm not at work. <laughs> okay. See now, that's wrong, Arthur. You were just complaining yesterday. Nobody wanted to come out and play with you. So she well, baby, just... one but one thirty in the morning, they ain't trying to play, it's time to rest. <laughs> We're getting ready for my little nephew to come over. We're going to keep him today while his mom going to have her six weeks checkup. Um, so it's my nephew's son, but um, so my mom is getting the baby. She, you know, she's just loving the baby and stuff. It, in fact, this is her fifth. But it did start her fifth generation, but it started her fifth generation because she only had three of them in there. Her fifth generation. Yeah, little Mister Henry. Sam ain't popped on yet. Sam has been on. Um, my train is about to come, so can I um, do my prayer real quick? Sure. Okay. So, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this beautiful Tuesday morning. The sun is shining, and, you know, it's, it's we're all on this side. We're all on this side. Ready to give you glory and honor that only you deserve. Father, we come to the church. We come for your word. We come that those who are speaking of you are speaking about you in truth, taking nothing away from your glory, O oh God. We pray for the church's congregations. We pray for the ministers, apostles, bishops, evangelists, missionaries, <clears throat> that as they go forward to evangelize, as they go forward to speak your word, that they're able to stand and withstand persecution for their faith in you because you said that those who hate us hate hate you first, oh God. And just give us the tough skin that we need to still go forward in your name and speak the truth for your glory. Father God, we also come for those who are abused and addicted. Those are those are the ones who we are going out in the highways and the byways for, oh God. We pray right now that a word that is being said uh, a word of encouragement, a ministerial word that goes forth, brings them to your light out of the darkness that they are residing in right now, oh God, and they feel the actual agape love that's needed, not the love that, that changes and is conditional, but the unconditional love of you, oh God. We ask for their quick deliverance and their salvation. Give them that moment of clarity to choose life instead of death in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we also come for those who are 
who are in um, hospice. We ask right now, God, for miraculous healing in their body. There's someone who's dealing with cancer. There's someone who's dealing with heart problems. There's someone who's dealing with liver issues, kidney issues, oh, God. They're on the list for for um, for transplants. And so, God, we right, right now we ask for a confounding of the, of the so-called professionals and the practicing doctors and show that you're an ultimate healer, oh, God, that only you can do. And, Father God, we just thank you for your, your presence. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your, for your love. Unconditional in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And I'm getting on the train, so I'm going on mute. <laughs> okay. You gonna go on the fence? Gonna pray too, um, Cheryl? Oh, you know that's the first thing I did. <laughs> oh, you pray time you get on. Well, I go on Friday. Let me go down here and pray. I don't have a list. I don't have a. Uh, uh, but it's, you know. Yep. Well, <laughs> Dear Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for our life. We thank you for our helpless strength. We thank you, oh Lord God, that you woke us up with the activity of our limbs. We thank you, Lord God, that you kept your loving arms watching over us even as we slept. Father God, even as we slept, Lord God, thou never sleep, Lord God. You sent a legion of angels to watch over us as we rest, Lord God, that we might have sweet peace within our within ourselves, Lord God that we will wake up refreshed and renewed and ready to praise your holy and righteous name. Father God, I thank you that I'm able to assemble this morning with my sisters, Cheryl and Felicia, and my brother Sam, Lord God, at this time of the moment, Lord God. We actually, Lord God, to give us all traveling grace and mercy as we leave our homes and go to our various destinations of employment or wherever it is we need to go. Father God, that you will be there in the midst, Father God. Your word teaches us for two or three are gathered, Lord God, you will be in the midst. So, Father God, we actually get the glory of our lives and let your glory shine upon us, Lord God, so others can see us, see the the blessings that you have brought for us. Lord God, we pray for those who are unsaved, Lord God, that they will be a they will seek, have a desire and a will to seek your faith in your word and your to, to and accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, Lord God. So the eternal promise for us, Lord God, is that we have a home in paradise, Lord God, with Jesus the Christ, Father God. So, Father God, we actually just be with them, Lord God, even in their time of worldliness, Lord God, because we know that you're going to draw them out of themselves, Lord God, and into the spiritual realm, Lord God, so that they can just Learn to praise your holy and your righteous name and seek you from all wisdom, knowledge, grace, and mercy. Father God, God, even God, us and direct us is my prayer. And I actually can keep our family safe. And Lord God, even if they rise, Lord God, if they don't kneel on their knees to praise for you, Lord God, I just pray that they will have plenty of this thing and say, Thank you, Lord, for a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> praise the praise Lord. The Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Everything that have breath, praise the Lord. Good morning. Hallelujah. 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 Good morning. Thank God, people. It's GP. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? Oh,
They do. They you know, too. you have to have a different group of people. So you need some people to come on. You know, to make a group, it takes different type of people. Oh, yeah? So okay. you need some consistent ones, and then you need someone that comes <laughs> in and out. You know, you need well, that's what, no, we need to be that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you wake up with your face to the morning sun, you rise. <laughs> Mm. Was, and you, I can't help but to give him the glory and the honor that he so gracefully, graciously yes, he did. Is. Because he he didn't have to do it. But I'm so glad that he did. <laughs> this mm. morning, mm. every morning mm. as we rise, I welcome him into, him into my place. Into this mm. broken vessel, his desires mm. to abide. In the praises of his people. So I lift my hands and I lift my heart as I offer up this praise unto his name. Hallelujah. I lift them up. I welcome into my broken vessel each and every day to be mended by him. Anything that's going on within me, <laughs> I thank him for it. Because it's only, uh, only the trials and tribulation only comes to make us strong and to heal us, so that we can share these marvels that we do share every day about the goodness of God. Now, not among just on the call is when you go out into the world, it, but it starts with you and Him. Hallelujah! That relationship. So I'm so glad to, to wake up with my face to the morning sun. Breaking bread together on our knees. That's, that's, that's just one of my favorite songs. When I fall on my knees, <laughs> with my face to the rising sun, that's every morning. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. That is my worship song. Hmm. Each and every day, we're going to break bread together on our knees. Mm. In prayer for the people of this world, the facets of different departments and facets of this world that needs to be prayed for, even if they don't even know they need it. We're going to give it to God and petition on their behalf. And I'm so, and with a good heart, with a happy heart, a joyous heart, because we're doing, we're being the disciple that God wants us to be. We're growing to go out in this world. And when we come upon someone who needs Jesus, which I say give him God every day, give them God. Mm-hmm. I ain't preaching by myself. I ain't talking for myself. I'm talking for everybody. You can't give, you can't give nothing. Give them God because it's free. Hallelujah. <laughs> it won't cost you nothing. <laughs> nothing because he paid that price. He paid it already. Yes, he did. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He paid that price. Hallelujah. Good morning, Sam. <laughs> the quiet one, but anyway. <laughs> you know it's too early to speak to him. You know what? I'm going to keep on pressing and running on to see what that end is going to be. I'm going to keep on moving. <laughs> Arthur, how you doing in your bedside sabbatical? <laughs> how are you up and moving this morning? Arthur, he won't mute. 
I know he always in me, but I'm gonna go ahead and um lift my um, and lift my facet up with prayer, sure. Have you did yours yet? Well, well I, I, I opened him. Oh, oh, I just did. I was like, uh, yes. Cheryl opened up and Felicia prayed, and then I prayed. Felicia prayed. I was just, I was just saying that um, it hadn't happened yet. My moment of uh, just sit down, lay down, and rest. Oh, that's always. But no, I, I got some things I need to take care of today, so I'm just getting up and running a little early. There's always work to do, Arthur. You think you're going to be like laid back, kick your feet up, and bask? And I got your little text yesterday, and you see my little face, like mm, whatever. But, um, oh, then I, I need to be at work. Yeah, I need to yeah, make sure yeah. that y'all are, I need to know that you all are making sure that y'all take care of SRC, the SRC 800, because I need everything to be in place. Whatever. Whatever. You got 20 years, boo. <laughs> Baby, 20. <laughs> so give me 21 years. I need to know that it's going to be in place for me. I want y'all to be faithful oh, to me. Whatever. <laughs> But I'm gonna go ahead and um lift up my 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 um my um <laughs> my group in prayer, and I'm gonna um I, I'm gonna um share a word before I get off this line. Um, dear Heavenly Father God, hear my cry, O oh God. Hear my cry, O oh God. Attend is my prayer from the ends of the earth. From the ends of the earth would I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, rising this morning with my face to the rising sun, God, I, I thank you. Each and every day, God, I thank you for the breath of life that you blessed me with. You didn't have to do it, God, but I'm so glad that you did, God, to get up with the great expectation of the things that are to come from your hand and your, your mighty hand that's moving in my life. I thank you, God, for, for, the, for rising us up this morning and having safe traveling grace to and fro, God. Thank you for those angels that you camped around our bedside at night watching us covering and protecting us as we slept and slumbered, God. Some of us may have tossed and turned, God, but I know that you have comforted us and gave us a peace that surpasses all understanding in our rest, God, as we look towards you for that, Lord, have mercy on me. And that thank you, Jesus, in the middle of the night. So, God, I thank you for, for this waking me up to say thank you once more and again because I know that by my stripes you are, I am healed. By your stripes I'm healed, God. So, God, as I bow before your throne of grace, God, I lift to you the sick and shut in, God. Any form of sickness and disease, God, I cast it back to the pits of hell from where it comes, God. Because I know that you will heal this land. I know that you will heal our sanctuaries. I know that by your touch, we can be made whole. So I lift up the sick and shut in. I lift up the Carson family. I lift up Cheryl and her, if she has any issues. Arthur, Erica, Sam, and the Farden family, the Jenkins, the Wells, Duck. Anyone under the sound of my voice who needs your healing prayers or healing blessings, God, right now, I lay them at your feet. 
And I speak healing in the atmosphere. I speak deliverance in the atmosphere. I speak the mighty move of God in the atmosphere. Let that sickness be casted out of their minds, bodies, spirits, and souls. Only you can do this because you are the great I am. So, God, I thank you right now for letting me lift them and lay them at your feet to be blessed by you. Everybody's going through there, too. So I pray that you bring them to and through the sickness that they're going through and restore them, God. Restore them to be that those, those, those testimonies in this world. Because eyes have not seen or ears have not heard the greatness and the goodness of what you have done, doing, and going to do. So right now, God bless. And it's in your mighty name I do surrender this prayer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. He's a bomb in Gilead that heals the soul. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I do have a word today. I do have the word today to share. And the word is strive to be better. The Egyptians tried to wear down the Hebrew people by forcing them into slavery and mistreating them. Instead, the Hebrews multiplied and grew stronger. When we are burdened or mistreated, we may feel defeated, but our burdens can make us stronger. And keep and it can develop qualities in us what that we that will prepare us for the future. We cannot be overcomers without troubles to overcome. Mm. 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 We, I'm gonna repeat that. We cannot be overcomers without troubles to overcome. Be true to God in the hard times, because even the worst situations can make us better people. Strive to be better. Now, we're living in a world in a time that everybody, this is what my Aunt Maria is getting from this lesson here. We're living in a world, this is my spill on this on my devotional. We're living in a world, and I'm sorry, let me take the back. Exodus 1, verse 12 is where I got the, um, where the devotion to come from. We're living in a time of everybody's in this, I got to get mine, <laughs> and you got to get yours. This, this 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 is the world that we're in. I get I'm getting mine. I ain't worried about what you get. We're it's it's this it's type of world. Gotta get mine, honey. I gotta get mine. But one thing one thing is prevalent that everybody can get God, can have God. And and I always strive to do better than I did yesterday. If I can get one more person, like for instance, if I get on the elevator at work and it's only five people there, you know. I'll say good morning, God bless you, y'all have a blessed day. I give my I give them God. The next morning I want to make sure I get more people. More people. I'm gonna to strive to do better than I did the day before. So if I am standing in the elevator, it's only five or six of us, and somebody's standing trying to get on and say, Come on, there's more room, there's more room for one more. You know, I, I try to bring on more. So each day every day I strive to be better, be more like him. Strive to do be more, become a better disciple, and give give people more of Him each and every day. I strive. We have to strive to be better people because we've been mistreated, beaten, broken, broken, bruised but not broken. The bruised, been bruised. Our egos been bruised. Our heart been bruised and broken. But we have to strive to be better because He saved us. 
so we can save others. So, so therefore, we have to fix our clean us. Give ask God for a clean heart each and every day, and strive to do better than we did yesterday. That's what I got from the lesson. Amen. That was my word for today. Amen. Amen. Always strive to be better. I mean, this world. People, people will mistreat you to get you to turn from Him. They get you to turn from Him. I promise you. We have to strive. It's a, it's a desired. Um, to me, to me, it's a desired thing. It's a, it's a learned thing because it's hard when situations and circumstances arise that make you want, that make you, that try to make you turn. But I just like, it. I mean, once you, once you strive to be better than you were yesterday, that's enough said for me. I'm going to strive to be better than I was yesterday, each and every day. I may have, I may be hurt and pain, and I say, Lord, have mercy, because I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed, because there's work to do. <laughs> there's work to do. So I, and that's what I, that's my, that was my lesson today. Elisa says a very important question, well, very good question. She Uh says, my question for today, Uh if the Bible says women should not speak in church, what do we do if we are led to teach and minister? Well, and you know I always got my little thing from my readings or whatever. I know that Jesus came away. He didn't didn't destroy the law. He fulfilled the law. But those were the old Mosaic laws, the way that the Mosaic laws. I can't laws hear you, Arthur. You go. What you say? Wait a minute. Okay. I said that Jesus came. Those were the old laws that I saw. But mm-hmm. Jesus, then I'm reminded that Paul Paul does mention says that a woman is not supposed to speak in church if she if she having a question she's supposed to wait until she get to her husband and come home and let her husband um actually ask her husband um the question that her husband supposed to minister to her but then again mm-hmm. but then he says if he don't get his praise he said the rocks are gonna cry out all right. And, and so, you know, he's going to use everybody for his, his glory anyway, you know. And then, then the church is so not filled with men nowadays, and then especially no, men who are to do the labor, for do the labor for the Lord. So, therefore, mm. somebody has to teach at this point. The word has to go forth. It got to go forth in order for it to be spread. If the men aren't spreading, who's going to spread it? Or uh, we right. keep silence until someone comes and come and actually teach it. So I, I'm not gonna bite my tongue because I, I'm gonna serve my God in spirit and in truth. And 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 you have some people out there that that that, that strictly by that by the word of God. But how are we gonna spread it that the men of God don't spread it? <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Some churches, you know, how are we gonna how the word of God don't get spread as men? Are, some of the church men, is, there's no, you know, oh Jesus. Felicia, that was a good question. Press. Press. But, you know, there are some people who really do not, um, especially the pastors here, allow women or I think that women should should even teach or preach in the church. But just like even Sunday when the young lady did her initial sermon, um, my pastor says, well, you know, he's not afraid of what, what other people. Preachers think because the simple fact they had they had the entire pulpit was was covered with nothing but women. 
Huh. Only man that graced the pulpit was was him when he introduced his daughter. And then I'm not saying he did it just because of his daughter started when came into the ministry, but we had other female ministers before her. Uh-huh. But then in my uncle's church of Montgomery, he has uh he at one point I knew he had like thirty two associate ministers. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and a great number of them are females, and uh-huh. you know the church still provides for them as if they were the pastors of the church. They had blue cross blue shields. Their job every day was to go out to open uh-huh. the church up so the homeless could come in and take a bath, feed themselves, or even for them to even just sleep in the church at night. But the only thing he asked of them is that when you get up in the morning to go out. You have to clean up after yourself. Even they had to go and take the elderly to the doctor's appointment. Somebody sick, or you know, if he couldn't be there, he's out of town. You need to go pray with them. You need to go see to their needs to make sure that the family is secure. So that was their ministry, and they they also had the opportunity to speak when he he allowed them to do those things. So I like I really don't. We got to have somebody to teach. Well, of course, teachers teach. And teachers are women and men in school. They teach, you teach your children at home. So teaching the word of God, I don't teach on. But but then again, you know what? And a lot of women are not married nowadays, but you got to look at it. But those who are married, their husband's supposed to be involved in the church, and their husband's supposed to be carrying on the basically <laughs> the position with with the what Paul mentioned in his writings is to teach, to learn at church, and then if a woman having a question, she's to teach. And I guess the teach at that point in time, the way I uh-huh. see it, their job, just like you said, is to teach the children because we that's how we learn the Bible. We can learn the Bible basically because our fathers sit down and have prayer. No, my dad didn't do that. My dad didn't do that. Not even the grandfather. Our Bible studies at home with the children. The no, mother taught us. The mother's taught us. And so, I don't know. I don't know if the Lord. You know what? And the thing about it is, if she asks that question, ask ask the person who asks, ask the person, or ask the person who who is involved, who taught you? (laughs) Your mother or your father? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, mothers normally teach their children, if you know, of course, depending on the family base. The about the Lord, about things. Cause she was about, the one who doing the raising. Yes, about God. Who's who's? Yeah, because I mean, mothers normally teach about God. Father, there may be some fathers who it depends on the family dynamics. Okay, depend on the family dynamics. But the percentage of the the, the percentage weighs in the favor of the mother teaching the children. But when we were raised, our mothers mm-hmm. was the one who had us at home. Our mother, right. I thought I thought we there were no such thing as stay at home fathers. No, you know, but we ain't no got up and work. I don't care what type of job it was. But nowadays you got these stay at home fathers, so I guess you have to put them on a skirt of living. Well, that, those stay at home fathers were what were 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 they what they just were stay at home fathers. They may got them up, got fed, but as far as teaching, possibly schooling, but when it comes to the word of God. They probably be fearful of what they're not. They don't know themselves. Hello. But then, but you just think about it. Well, you remember when Jesus went back? He was teaching the parables, and he says, he says, don't worry about the wheat and the tares. Let him do the separating. Let him do the so separating. So therefore, 
who who are we to say who who was called by God? Because if God is right. someone to to call and to minister, hmm. we, you know, who are we to, to deny them that yeah, opportunity? Yeah, we have. Because, well, first of all, we all are ministers. That's right. If I go, if I go out and help somebody elderly, minister I'm ministering. Disciples. That's right. It's a difference between ministering and there's a difference between preaching. It's a difference. And there's a difference between teaching. So that's Uh. the way I see it. So all, you know, three different titles or entities have different phases in life. Uh But the church now is so filled with nothing but women. Somebody's going to have to be willing to carry that, that torch. What my sermon topic was on Sunday was what's in your mouth? It came from a female. She preached the word. Uh. Uh. So Felicia, if you you going against the grain in your church about teaching, you know that's just someone who wants to take that position from you and using using the male perspective, using that uh, weight. Because they know you're a woman of God, they're using that, trying to use that against you, in order to take that position from you. Pray about it. Think about it. What, what, what we're doing here on this call, standing in the gap for those who know not that we're praying for them, the sick and the shedding, the addicted, the unsaved, those diseased and hostage, or even people uh-huh. who we play on the prayer list. In prison. In prison. In, so, in prison ministry and all those different types of things like that. And But we get to realize that we all are ministers and we all have That's a job. Right. And, and But just think about it. When Jesus rose, who, the message was given to Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene and, and, the, uh-huh. and his mother Martha with it. They don't want, the angel told him to go and tell the brethren what he feared uh-huh. to meet him. Uh-huh. You know, he meets so expeditiously. And that he has risen. <laughs> okay. So that's the first message of, of a news that was about Jesus being risen from the grave, that he rose from the grave. So uh-huh. the angels told him to go and tell him. So he didn't look at that. God's word got to go together, crack. Go it's going to take the entire generation, probably yep. everybody on this earth, to spread the good news. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. Some people do have a problem. That's a pastor in our church who is over the Alabama delegation of ministers, of Baptist ministers. He wouldn't hear of it. And then he's not a very old man. I give him 60 or something like that. But then again, you know, uh, I know, I know Erica, Erica Father has a female minister. My church definitely has one. And now, other say, churches my church had to have um, four, five, really, five out of the 12, five female ministers out of the, out of the 12. That we had was four to come to our church. So my thing is, you know, it's a it's a new day and a new order. In order to get everybody saved, it's going to take an entire village to, to spread the word of God. That's right. Yep, it's going to you take know, that. Uh, but just think about it. Like, you know, my job, it says that we're not supposed to talk about God on there. But when I, when I get by myself and my planet here, my kids come in, they say, and they say, be quiet, he's praying. And then, like, a young man said that he didn't believe in God. 
Huh? And and so he asked us to pray for him. I put him oh. on the line. I'm like, I allowed for um, it was two what? of them. He asked that to um to pray for him. I, I I think it was Felicia was on the call. Not not Felicia, probably Eric or somebody who prayed for him. Uh huh. But yeah, because the simple fact, you know, we have to do our part to make sure even our children are safe because they definitely ain't being taught us these teenage mothers and these. 25-year-old oh, yeah. grandmothers, they don't know themselves. That's right. All, all they know is that you're supposed to go to church, but they're not learning what is being, what the Bible, what, what the Bible is saying. That's right. That is exactly right. You're right. Oh. I don't we know. have to teach them. We have to teach them, men, women, boys, and girls, because everybody got something to learn when it comes to the Word of God. And nobody knows. Don't nobody know everything. <laughs> Nobody can learn it all. You know, because I started back. I started back reading lately. Started back reading the Bible again because you know I've done the cover cover twice, and now I started reading. And every time I, and we all know, every time you get there, you get a different, you get a different walk in your you life. Be, you you get being drawn just that much closer into the yeah. heavenly record, to to the word of God, and He's showing you more and more what He was saying. More and more, mm. Mm. because your walk is different every time you read it. Every time you read it, your walk is different because you're growing. Your perspective changes. Mm-mm-mm. I even understood about. You know, although all these people begat and begat and begat and had children, they had all these children back in the day, and some of they had a few. And now I understand what each of the 12 tribes of Israel was about when Israel, what his name was going to change from Jacob to Israel, how mm-hmm. he left his children, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Even... Joseph, as he was sold into slavery, and he brought his two sons to his father so that his father could bless them. And when his father blessed him, he said, no, daddy, you got it wrong, because this here, this one here, Ephraim, I think he was, that he blessed, Manasseh was really the oldest. But the thing is, mm-hmm. the blessings fell on the second son, and they always have, even from the beginning of time. You had oh. Adam and Eve. That Cain and Abel. Abel was more more favored in God's eyes than Cain. And mm-hmm. then you got all these different, every time, notice that the blessings fall on the second third. Mm. Mm. All right. You know. So I would so. tell you to suggest you to teach on. <laughs> teach on. Well, she has to teach. And so that's the call, the charge that God has given her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. with your service, your morning, your spiritual service announcements, they're helping me because it's always something that 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 it it, it makes you think. It's food for thought. Because if we that's start right. thinking, we don't grow. That's, that's that right. mindset. We be in a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. 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 And we cannot be fixed. Go on in this. Um, I think we're ready to go on in this office here, y'all. Have a great day. Y'all be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed.
It makes you some money in the bank for me. <laughs> Whatever, bye. <laughs> You still here, Sarah? Maria? Samuel? Y'all by your lonesome. But no, I'm never I'm never alone. Use crying because they left me all by myself. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the girl who you've been praying for in the prayer call, Newton, she called me from um, twice back just last night. From um, what I told you, that girl, she's over there in that foreign country. What you call that place now? <laughs> Well, anyway, she over there. I can't even think of it right now. And so I asked her, you know, she told me she had gotten married. She's pregnant and everything. Her husband is now blah, 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 blah. But he's here in the States because his mom has cancer. But the thing is, um, he was saying that um, that the the religion over there for those people is, is Islamic, you know, and I asked her, has she joined the Islam faith? She said no, and things of that nature. She says, but I didn't realize that they have well a Ramadan. They have to they have to fast every day. Well, they have to fast and not eat before nighttime and stuff like that. And, and if you don't, how you will go to jail? I'm like, oh, really now? I didn't know that part. <laughs> Yep, you'll go to jail, and if you break it, if you caught eating anything, you will go to jail. Uh, what if they go to jail? Not another case. Huh? What about her? If they call her because she's like a visitor. So would that? If you come into that country, she said. In, in fact, the only in, in Abu Dhabi is the name of the place. The only the, she said the population there only twenty percent of the people there are actually natives of that land, everyone else are basically sojourners into their country, and so they have to fall into their custom. Uh-huh. But she, mm-hmm. You know, they can't do the pork, and they have to do this. But she said the thing is that they have, they, they don't make them bow down and believe their beliefs, but you cannot cause any disturbance. Okay. okay. You cannot cause any disturbance. Yep.
I'm just as faithful as you. I'm trying to see on my vacation when I do the prayer call at 6 in the morning <laughs> when I get on at 9 o'clock. <laughs> well, I have to get up and get my worm, babe. I promise you, otherwise my day just be shot. Me too, Arthur. I just don't wake up as early as you. Yes, I'm off. <laughs> No, I missed the morning, but I did miss my morning prayer call, and then I missed my missed the sermon that Sam has on in the morning time. Now, okay. you have so long, and um, I missed it this morning. So I did get up, and you and Felicia were already on, and y'all were doing what y'all do. Well, please be patient with me. I know. God is not through with me yet. <laughs> Woo! Yes, yes, yes. I needed to hear some inspiration over this morning. And um, so I went on YouTube and it said um, the song that was playing was This Morning When I Rose. Woo! I didn't have no doubt. I was talking about dancing around the house. I was like, I needed that this morning. I needed that this morning. 
you know, because, I mean, I was, I, I was, I was showing Cynthia. I said, you know what? I said, this, our, we have to continue to pray for the church because the church as a whole is so, it, it's being, it's changing itself to fit the world at such an alarming rate. Um, that it's it's mind-boggling, you know. It's like he says that he would never change, but the ministers of this church is just like, I'm going to change him regardless of what he said. (laughs) So we have to to stay, we have to keep our minds open. We have to keep our minds open. And there's such a hatred for the things of God that's just, you know, that's tripping me out. I was talking to this one person. I was talking around this one person. You should have saw the way they were cutting their eyes at me. I'm just like, okay, so you don't like the name Jesus. I get it. <laughs> but then you, you think about it. Didn't, didn't, didn't the word tell us to seek, seek him early while he may be found? Mm-hmm. So we have to. You, I'm, I'm with you, right? You wake up in the morning with expectancy in your heart that God is going to take full control of that day, no matter what comes against you. You are you're not a victim; you are victory. Mm-hmm. We have the victory, you know. So it's quite interesting because the thing is, if we, if we don't wake up like that, man, right? So, uh. Looking all grouchy. <laughs> That's why when Maria gets on and she does such a warning, it lights up my whole day. <laughs> it does. It lights up my whole day. Oh, we're gonna go on mute because you can't be proud this morning. Um, distracted. Is that the people at the train station? All that noise. Yeah, that's the train station. <laughs> okay. We just pulled in, so what I'm here. That's good. Woo. Strawberry, grape, pineapple, napple. You're making a smoothie, aren't you? Well, it's just juices, but it's good. Mm. It sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. You might need to publish you a book of recipes. You might need a who? Publish you a book of, of drinks, um, nutritious recipes. Mm, nah, it's more work. I got more than enough things to do. Boy, you can write down and go buy you a strawberry in a, a blender. <laughs> Do that what? You can write down and publish that. Go buy you some fresh fruit every morning and just parade them until it becomes juice. All right. Well, you're the author. You're the author, author. So I give you permission to do that on my stead, and there we go. If I do it, you can get no money. Well, go right ahead. I ain't going to fight you on this one. Let's not go. What? 
That's not of God. Uh, if fighting is of God, better, 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 better. Uh, um, kingdom of heaven suffer violence. Uh, violence take about force. So no, yeah, you gotta fight, baby boy. But not, not my brother. Well, this is true. That's why I said I ain't fighting. The real brother, them the ones you gotta fight. Because <laughs> won't they, won't, won't they push your back up against the wall and leave you all in a corner where you have to come out swinging? Anyway, let me do my list. All right, first we're going to have Trey Mathis and Ariel Sankford. Around Shakara. 
their 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 sins to you, Lord God. Seek Jesus as their Lord, personal Lord and Savior, Lord God, and to develop a relationship that they too will stand to the charge that you have called them to do. Father God, for you created man to be to worship and praise your holy name. So Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to get into their hearts and their minds. Let a seed be planted, let a light be shined upon them, that they would know that they need you in every hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Shindo Koroshe de Gosedakanda, Hokos Taraka, De la Coranda, 
Jonathan Dunlap, Travis Crockett. Larry Stone, Humbro
are not known and do not have that how the Lord has just really, he's really working. You know, of course, there's going to be opposition, but if people get on bandwagon, we could be a prosperous people. Mm-hmm. All of us, whether we're wealthy or whether we're poor, we all could prosper if we just line up with the word of God. Huh? Huh? And then you, bro. The what? Sound like you got a sermon coming out of you, bro. No, it's not just a sermon. It's just I, I just feel like I'm glad somebody else basically. I pray for them often. Sometimes, you know, I'm making a daily prayer, but I just I can imagine because I don't know what their job entails. Oh, a whole lot. <laughs> oh yeah. It's interesting, though, because, you know, like, I pray in the spirit, but every time I call out his name, it's just like it just pours out of me. I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever you told me to put him on there, evidently there's some reasons, because every time I call, it just keeps coming. I'm like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Now, that's a job where you have to smile in, your, in, in the enemy's face at all <laughs> times. You see what I'm saying? Naturally and spiritually. <laughs> yes, Lord, you have to you have to spot it, and knowing some thoughts might be going through your mind. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Can you believe I'm sitting here with this biscuit eater, <laughs> and you know anything? And who knows? Oh God! And then people are out just you're you're a moving target. <clears throat> sure enough, now he's a moving target. Right. Mm, you're right. Yep. Has uh, Erica been on today? I don't know. Not sure. Speaking of which, I guess we need to do her list seeking hospice, abuse, addictions, and prison, and how to do it. Speaks and hospice. Uh, uh, who does that? Isn't that? Who does that? Um, actually, Cynthia was the post. She was the one that was her list originally. So I know, you know, it's just gotten moved around. Uh huh. So, well, I, I pray for one. All right. Lord God, your word teaches us that men should always pray without ceases. And so, Father God, we just come, Lord God, lifting up those who are bound by sickness and infirmities, those who are facing um, the loss of a loved one, those who are even on what man says their deathbed. But we know, Lord God, you're the God who's able to do all exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So, Father God, we pray for those families and the caregivers of those who are taking care of ill loved ones, Lord God. We pray for those who are on their bed of affliction, their sick bed, Lord God, and ask you, Lord God, to reach into their hearts, Lord God, and to speak Proverbs 
I can't call the exact scripture, the chapter in the verse, but where it says life and death is in the power of a tongue. Let them choose to speak life, Lord God. And, Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to hear their prayers and catch the groaning of their hearts, to even to enlighten that, give light unto their eyes, Lord God, that they will be able to call upon your name for themselves, Lord God. And those who stand in their prayer and the gap and praying for them and taking care of them, Lord God, let them do it with the heart and heart of diligence or with the spirit of love and with the spirit from on high. Let your anointing flow upon each and every individual that encounters upon them, Lord God, and we just thank you for the glory, for we know that you are the bomb that's in Gilead. Even as the woman had the issue of blood, Lord God, she pressed her way through until she can get to Jesus, Lord God. She, she just knew God said she could get to just see him and to speak to him. She didn't, couldn't even imagine touching him, Lord God, that she will be made whole. But with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of joy, she kneeled and she thanked him, Lord God. Even the ten who you healed of the leprosy, Lord God, you healed them all and you told them to go and show themselves to the uh, to the priest, Lord God. But they went on that merry way. But there was one who fell back with faith, with a heart of, of diligence, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, and knew that he was healed, who kneeled before him and thanked him. He said that your faith has made you whole. So, Father God, we know is that our faith is what make us whole, Lord God. For the healing comes from above, and we just thank you for it. We actually will continue to watch over us, and even those of who have lost a loved one, Lord God, let them know that you could be a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a child, or whatever it is that they lost, Lord God, and that you can heal those broken pieces. You can feel those places of where they have have a despair and groans, Lord God, with your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. What you say, abused and addicted? Yep. Father God, we just lift up those who are abused, Lord God, whether it be from cigarettes, whether it be from from alcohol or whether it be from drug or pills, whatever it is, Lord God, even from food, Lord God, or even addicted to the flesh, Lord God, that you will set the captives free, Lord God, for your word says, whom the Son has set free, he is free indeed, Lord God. So we, Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to remove those things that are not of you, because our bodies are a holy temple, Lord God, for to you, Lord God, that you will come and live and dwell in us, Lord God. Heal us from those backsliding ways. Heal us from ourselves, Lord God. Heal us from the flesh, Lord God, so that we can worship you in truth and spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And Father God, I lift up right now those who are in prison, Lord God, where they're in prison in their own selfish ways or their own selfish thoughts, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to turn their minds over to let them know, Lord God, that you are the author and the finisher of their faith and that without you we can do nothing, but through you, Lord God, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. So, Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to set us free, Lord God. Set us free from our own way of thinking, our own way of doing things, and seek you first and foremost for guidance, directions, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of how to take care of those business and the issues of which we are faced with. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to, to just open up the 
the, the prison bars and let us be able to walk out, Lord God, with a clear conscience, to not to look back over our shoulder, even as you told Lot to flee from the land of Solomon Kamara, he and his family. And, Lord God, when his wife turned back and did what you told him not to do is to look back. But let us press towards the mark of a higher calling, and that is Jesus Christ, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I think of as missionaries and congregations and churches, and that'll do it. Missionaries, churches, and congregations. Father God, a charge to keep we all have, and there's a God to glorify. And Father God, we come not right now, Lord God, for your word teaches us that man should always pray and pray without ceasing. The word teaches us, Lord God, to be not weary of well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. So Father God, I lift up for the, the the, the missionaries and churches, Lord God, that every door that be opened in your name, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that the word, the unadulterated word, the undefiled word, will be taught to the people, Lord God, the parishioners, and we actually to unstop their ears, Lord God, so that they can hear the word, and the word can get into their heart, and the word will come made flesh within them, within their hearts, Lord God, so they can do the charge that you have called us all to do, but we all are missionaries on this work. You have all sent us all down here to serve one another, Lord God, even the least of those, Lord God. For your word teaches us when we've done it to the least of them, we've done it also unto you. So, Father God, let us do it with a heart of diligence, a heart of joy, a heart that is willing to do the word that you have set before us. In Jesus' name I pray. And, Father God, I ask that every preacher that preaches the word, Lord God, that he not stand and give you his, give the people his word, but give the word of, that has been written and signed before him. Father God, there are many who are going to school to try to study how to preach and teach your word, but we know that power of preaching and teaching comes from on high. So, Father God, we ask you to anoint them, Lord God, with that spirit to teach, to preach, to pray, Pray to sing to worship you. It was in truth and spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All righty then. I guess that's it. <clears throat> what did you say? I'm about seeing nothing. Uh, I thought you were about to say something. Uh uh-uh. uh But you know, Felicia did raise a beautiful question. I don't know if you heard it. And let me go into my text right quick because I'm trying to multitask, clean up and listen to the prayer and participate in the prayer and get ready so I can go to this doctor so he can check these thyroid functions. Okay. But this is something you probably can give a little light to. And she, her question was, um, my question today, if the Bible says women should not speak in church, what do we do if we are able to lead if we are to lead, teach, and minister. If the Bible says women should what? The Bible says should not speak in church. What do we do if we were led to teach and minister? Teach. <laughs> huh? Teach. By, God used use the jackass because, man, he wouldn't li- man wouldn't listen to him, so um, just do you got a lot of women preachers out there. You got a, in the scripture. You got a lot of women in scripture who would judge Israel and who are, who um, you know, used to slay the kings and stuff like that. So, 
I guess that's the charge that God gave us to keep them. We got to glorify them because he says if the rock was not, he said if these keep silent, the very rocks will cry. Now, if he can use, a, like you said, a donkey yep. or even a rock that there has you go. No, no living Socrates within it, it's, as we say, it is abiotic. He can use that which is biotic, that which he had created to to worship and praise and to live and inhabit the land. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, let me pray and get into the word and the lesson for the day. Okay, dope. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Shendeliko sande keshe, horendeliko sande kesha, horendeliko sande kede haboko. Wow. Thank you, Father. Horamboko de shendeko, horendeliko sande kede shara Hundred go say, and did it go raw. Hundred go saw, shall I come back? Borodish and Thank you, Holy Spirit. Robosaraka, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Oh, hey, hey, All right, let me get the lesson. Who belongs to the church? If the church had its origin at Pentecost, and ends at the rapture of the saints, First Thessalonians four fourteen through seventeen. Then only those who are saved between those two events belong to the church. The Old Testament saints are the friends of the bridegroom, but they are not the bride. In Revelation nineteen and nine, we read, "Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb." The bride is not called, invited to her own wedding. She has a place there of her own right. The called are the guests. The Old Testament saints will be the guests, as will also the blood-washed multitude that come out of the tribulation, for they are not saved until after the rapture of the church. Revelation 7, 9-17. Angels and heavenly beings will be spectators of the scene, but they cannot be guests, as that honor is reserved for those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord or the Lamb. <clears throat> As we have seen, the church is not an organization, but an organism. Therefore, it is not a social club organized and supported solely for the benefit of its members. 
Neither is it a place of amusement to, to pander the carnal nature of man, nor is it a house of merchandise for the sale of indulgences or those other commodities, whereby the money of the ungodly can be secured to save the previous church, um, the, to save the penurious church member a little sacrifice, little self-sacrifice. Neither is a reform bureau to save the bodies of men. The reformation of man is very commendable, as all other forms of social service, but that is not the work or mission of the church. The world was just as full, if not fuller, of the evils that afflict society today in the days of Christ. But he never, nor did the apostles organize any reform agency, reform agencies. All the great philanthropic and civilizing agencies of the world are byproducts of Christianity. We are told in Acts 5:15 that the people laid the sick in the streets that the shadow of Peter might fall upon them and heal them. But if Peter had spent his time casting shadows and neglecting his apostolic work or trying to save the souls of man, his shadow would have lost his power. Jesus knew that the source of all evils in the world is sin and that the only way to eradicate sin is to regenerate the human heart and so save the gospel, and the mission of the church is to carry this gospel to the world, evangelism. Not social service is the mission of the church, Mark 16, 15 through 16. The great mistake of the church is made is appropriating her to herself in this dispensation the promise of earthly conquest and glory which belongs exclusively to the Israel in the millennial age. As soon as the church enters into the alliance with the world and seeks the help of the parliaments, congress, legislators, federations, and reform societies, largely made up of ungodly men and women, she loses her spiritual power and becomes helpless as a redeeming force. When the church is complete, it is to be cut out, cut out at the first. When the church is complete, it is to be caught out at the first or rapture stage of the Christ's second coming. First Thessalonians four oh yet thirteen through seventeen. After the rapture the church is to be judged not for sin but for works. Then comes the marriage of the church. Marriage of the church is prophetically referred to by Jesus in the parable of the marriage of the king's son. Oof. Matthew twenty two, one through fourteen, and is cons consummated in Revelation nineteen, seven through nine. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for she, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Notice that it does not say the marriage supper of the bride or the marriage of the bride. But the grand event will not be so much as a consummation of the hopes of the bride as it will be the consummation of the plan of God for his son, arranged for before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 and 4. The marriage of the land is the consummation of the joy of Christ as a man. It would not be impossible if Christ had not been born in the flesh. Otherwise, it would have been the union of dissimilar natures, for the bride is of human origin. This is why Jesus took his human nature back with him to heaven, and today we have in heaven the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2 and 5. While the bride was chosen for Christ before the foundation of the world, the espousal could not take place until Christ assumed humanity 
and ascended to heaven as a man, Christ Jesus. There have been many long betrothals, but Christ has been the longest on record. He has been waiting for his bride nearly 1,900 years, but he will not have to wait much longer. Soon heaven will respond with the choir. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is the cross. If Revelations 19 through 17. <clears throat> there have been many royal weddings and international interests where the invited guests and spectators witnessed a spectacle, spectacle magnificent in the appointments and rejoices as a union that bound together different nations. But the wedding of the Lamb and his bride church will surpass them all. For they shall unite heaven and earth in a bond that shall never be broken. For what God the Father should join together, no man should ever put asunder. And that union, no divorce should ever break. All righty then. Yes, where we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Who belongs to the church? If the church had its origin in Pentecost, Pentecost, and ends at the rapture of the saints, as First Thessalonians four fourteen through seventeen, then only those who are saved between those two events belong to the church. The Old Testament saints are the friends of the bridegroom, but they are not the bride. In Revelations nineteen and nine, we read, "Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb." The bride is not called to her own wedding. She has a place there of her own right. The called are the the called are the guests. The Old Testament saints will be guests, as also will be the blood washed multitude that come out of the tribulation. But they are not saved until after the rapture of the church. Revelation seven, nineteen through seventeen. So now here he go breaking it down again. The church is the body of Christ, which is also the bride of Christ. So when the marriage, when, when the body of Christ, and I'm going to say we get married, we are the body of Christ, we are the bride, and we get, we, there's a union that will happen. And he's breaking down, this is a union not between the old chosen people of God, which is Israel, but his new body of Christ, which is born of the Spirit. See, Israel, again, was born in the flesh, and because they chose to believe God, they walked in the law. But we're born of the Spirit. This is a whole new thing that he's talking about. See, they were redeemed and saved through the um, sacrifice of other animals and their belief in God. But we're, we're born again, so we're, our spirits are born again. And that's what he's making a difference. Like my pastor used to say, so if those who are left behind in the rapture, best bet is to book, find find a Jew and boogie over to the land of the Jews because that's where all the, all the um, salvation of the Lord is going to come. Angels and heavenly beings will be the spectators of this scene, but they cannot be guests, as, the, as that honor is reserved for those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So not even the angels will be able to participate. They'll just be able to watch. As we have seen, the church is not an organization but an organism. Therefore, it's not a social club organized and supported solely for the benefit of members. Neither is it a place of amusement. To depend to the the carnal nature of man, nor is a house of blood merchandise for the sale of indulgences or other commodities. 
through the course of Noah, and he's just going through the list that we see everything <laughs> for the most part of the church doing. <laughs> and that's special. He says, not a place of, it's not a place of amusement. It's not a house of merchandise. It's not a reform bureau. It's not a social service. He said the world was just as full, if not full, of the evils that afflict society in the days of Christ. But he never, nor did the apostles organize any reform agency. So basically what he's saying is all these things are good, but that is not the primary focus of the church. So he's not saying don't do that, but the primary focus should be to save souls. To, to, and, and, and then he goes on to say everything else that he talked about, social service, reform, all that are byproducts of Christianity, are byproducts of saving souls or doing the work of Jesus, which is he was sent here to save our souls so we could have redemption through him. Everything else comes in secondary to that, and that's where you get your reform. The church is a mission field and a reform agency, social services. So he's not saying all those things are bad. He's actually said they were good, but the first and foremost thing, need to be to follow Christ, to save souls. The great mistake the church has made is in its appropriating to itself in this dispensation the promise of earthly conquest and glory which belongs exclusively to the Israel in millennial age. So again, he's just trying to make a distinction between the Jews and the church. The Jews will reign in the millennial age whereas the body of Christ will be called up. So he's just making a distinction. We're not going to conquer this earth, not as far as the church is concerned, but the conquering will come through the Jewish nation in the millennia. That's the thousand-year reign of Christ. When the church is complete, it is to be called out as the first or rapture stage of Christ's second coming. First Thessalonians four thirteen through seventeen. After the rapture the church is to be judged, not for sin but for works. So are we listening to seeking what God is saying, listening to what God is saying and and trying to be obedient and moving of course with the flowing of the Holy Spirit? Are we just jumping up and doing something because it feels good, it sounds good? Are we actually seeking God in prayer and fasting to find out his direction? Or are we just saying, well, this is what I see needs to be done, let me do this. Or this is what I see needs to be done, let me do that. Or what I feel like, or it's a good idea. See, and that's where the body misses it. And even if you're doing these things, which might, again, you know, the things that are good, you need to be doing with and through Christ. See, if we don't spend the time to get in, if we don't spend the time to get into the presence of the Savior to find out what He is, to the, what He is doing, what He would have us to do, we're missing the boat. And the Word of God, Jesus said, "I only do what my Father in heaven is doing." Jesus constantly got before His Father in heaven to see what was His agenda. What is it that I need to do? Which direction I need to go? Okay, now that's what I need to do. Not just jumping up and doing something and then asking God to bless what we do. That's not how the church functions, nor needs to function, and that's not how we need to function. But majority of us do. We'll jump up and we'll do something, and then we say, "Oh Lord, bless this. Oh Lord, bless my mess." And that's where the body of Christ, and I'm saying the body of Christ is missing it on a large scale. 
And even what we talked about the other day, and you know why? Because in doing that, that requires work. It requires submitting and requires leaning not onto your own understanding. See, we say those verses, but living them, that's a whole nother story. Ouch. Exactly. That's what I did. <laughs> I just got back on the line. Thanks, Sam. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. <laughs> And you, you, and that was so true. You know, sometimes we just get up and do stuff just because say that we're doing something, we're serving the Lord. But did we seek God for wisdom and and, and knowledge, and even more so, so that for permission to do those things mm. in Jesus' name? You know, we do too much. We do too much. As my students say, would tell me, Mr. Richardson, you're doing the most when I give them a whole bunch of work. But the thing is, we're doing too much. We're not seeking God for wisdom. We're not seeking him for knowledge. We're not even seeking him for his permission. And we say we're doing it in the name of the Lord. You know, you may go and lay hands on somebody see you praying for for their healing, but did God give you permission to do that? Mm, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Stop and repeat that one again. Yeah, we 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 go and we 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 lay hands on people. We pray for people. We say we're doing these things here in the name of Jesus. But first of all, did we seek and ask God, Lord, do you give me permission to do that? Come on now, you know, because when you do it and you do it in the Spirit and truth, and you do it by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, mm. it's gonna be done. It's gonna be done well. Healing is gonna take place. That's oh, why no. a lot of people on this earth are not being healed because mm. they are not being people are not seeking God. God for that power on how to 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 bring invoke that healing spirit upon a person, but we have to be careful about what we do and ask God for permission to do it. Come on, and now. then when He gives us permission to do it, you don't have to worry about how it's going to turn out. Just mm. know that it's going to be done and it's going to be done well. Mm. Ooh, Lord Jesus, that boy done went and touched some things there. Mm, mm. You know. Let me go ahead and try to finish this one there. You know, just open up some stuff there, bro. The marriage of the church is prophetically referred to by Jesus in the parable of the marriage of the king's son, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. And it's consummated in Revelations 19, 7 through 9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife had made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he has said unto me, and write, Blessed are they which are called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Notice that it does not say the marriage of the bride, but the marriage of the Lamb. That grand event will not so much as will not be so much the consummation of the hopes of the bride as it will be the consummation of the plan of God for His Son, arranged for before the foundation of the world. Ephesians one and four: The marriage of the Lamb is the consummation of the joy of Christ as a man. It would not have been possible if Christ had not been born in the flesh. Otherwise, it would have been the union of dissimilar natures of, for the bride is of human origin. This is why Jesus took his human nature back with him to heaven. And today we have in heaven the man, Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2 and 5. Wow. 
He's saying that the marriage of the Lamb is the consummation of the plan of God. Jesus was a sacrificial lamb which came down from heaven and laid upon the sacrifice of the altar. In this case, the altar is the cross. He sacrificed himself on our behalf. Notice that Jesus willingly gave himself up. They could not take him in the Garden of Gethsemane. When they approached him to take him, they fell backwards when he took a step. He had to willingly give himself up. No man could take his life. And he did that because remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was a nevertheless moment. Not my will, but thy will be done. He didn't want to do it, but he, again, it was the plan of God. And it was the plan of God that he recognized that he had to, he had to fulfill and walk to the total commitment of the plan of God. But God could do, finish what he started. And it says the marriage of the bride, but the marriage of the lamb. The marriage of the lamb is the consummation of the joy of Christ as a man. Christ had to be born as a man. See, the first Adam, Adam, gave over his rights, gave over, gave over his authority to Satan when he sinned. The last Adam, Christ, had to come back and get those rights back. Remember the keys in hell and death? Well, he had to go into hell to get the keys. I was talking to somebody yesterday. He said something so profound. I said, you know, I'm going to use that on the prayer line. He said, uh, I forget how, how the conversation started, but he said the only way, he said, you, can't get, you cannot get out of this life alive. Jesus had to die. So that he could go down there to get back, which Adam had given up. See, Satan thought he understood the plan of God. And, and, and now, I want you to grab hold of what I'm saying. Satan thought he totally understood the plan of God. Satan thought, remember, Satan knows the Bible now. Come on now. <laughs> the Bible better than we do. Come on. Because he twisted the words when he deceived Eve. He didn't lie to her. He twisted God. I didn't say that you would surely die. He just doesn't want you to know as much as he does. Now, I'm paraphrasing it, okay? But he, he so Satan knows God's word, but it's, he wants to know, are you, do you really know it? So Satan knew that, okay, hmm, that, that Christ is going to come. That's why he had Herod try to kill all the babies. That's why he had David sin with Bathsheba. That's why he tried. See, he saw the bloodline coming. He, he, he saw it. So every, every step of the way, he was trying to intervene. He was trying to stop what God had already spoken. See, now you talk of, excuse me, I'm going to say it like this. You talk about a bad mamma jamma. Ali, back in the day, I'm going to beat you behind. I'm going to knock you out in three rounds. And Babe Ruth, he point out there, I, I'm going to knock a home run. You talk about somebody's bad. Look, you know what? This is God. Satan, this is my plan. I'm not only going to tell you my plan. I'm going to let it be written out. Now, you go right ahead and see if you can stop it. That's what God did. And every step of the way, Satan was trying to thwart which God had ordained. But God kept the Holy Spirit. Come on now kept striving and still striving with today with God's people. So every time Satan went left, God, okay, you go right, go left, stop. So Satan constantly missed. So Satan thought he had Jesus. 
He tried to stop him from being born. Then he tried to stop him from doing his, from going into his mission. With well, that was a forty day fast, and the, and the thing when he, when when Jesus had overcome the forty day uh, after you know with the turning a rock and a stone and all that other stuff. So he thought he thought could stop him then. Okay, I can't stop him from being born. He's born. I can't stop him from from going and becoming a, a shidduch or from doing his mission. So now I right, well I'm gonna try to kill him before his time. How many times did Satan try to kill him? They tried to throw Jesus off of the cliff. And he just walked right through him. They were trying to constantly kill him. He didn't totally understand the fullness of God's plan. Because if he did, he would not have killed him. And I want you to grab hold of that. I want you to meditate on that. Because now I'm speaking to me and I'm speaking to everybody else. Satan thinks he totally has you. Satan thinks he has you boxed in. That you are a failure, that you try, that you, mm, 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 that you're not going to go. See, but he doesn't totally understand God's plan for your life. God would not lead you into a dead end street that he did not give you the key to the house or the basement to escape. God would not lead you to a situation where you were boxed in, where there was no way out, but to surrender. Oh! And give it all up to him. Just like what Sherry said yesterday with the man in the dream and the man with the, who had the house, and he gave Jesus a room, then he gave him half the house until he finally gave him the whole house and gave him the keys. Then Satan comes to the door. Oh, well, I got the wrong address. See, don't think that it's over. Don't give up. You might feel it. You might not see it. You might not understand it, but trust and believe God. When you're walking, when you're seeking, when you're doing, being obedient. And again, like, like Arthur said, not when you're just going out there and doing something and then asking God to bless your mess. I'm talking about when you are honestly, earnestly, consistently seeking God. Do I need to pray for them? Come on now. I mean, it's written in his word that we should not be sick, but do I need to pray for them? Is that my assignment? See, see, that's, that's getting in contact with the math. Is that what you would have me to do? Or is it, do I need to lay hands on them? Come on now. See, see, that's a, see, see, you might pray for them, but not to lay hands on them. It might be somebody else's sign. See, see, we got to get to that point that where I got, I do nothing unless I go to my, my daddy in heaven. And he see, he tells me what to do. We got to get to that point that we're seeking the Lord regarding each and every step that we take. If not, we're just doing busy work. If not, we're just moving around and doing stuff or piddling. There's a whole lot of pilling that the body of Christ is doing. And God, in these last days and this last time, that pilling ain't going to work. There's no power in the piddle. Now, I'm going to coin a new phrase. There's no power in the piddle. And the body of Christ on a large scale is piddling. What is the piddling? The reform agencies, the social, this, this. All that's nice, but what did he say? It's a byproduct of what we're supposed to be doing. He said, Peter's... Peter's shadow would have had no power if Peter was out there casting shadows. Peter was standing in the gap seeking his daddy God, being obedient to what God told him to do. And because of that, he had power. Well, I ain't got to worry about laying hands. My shadow's going to do what God is going to do what needs to be done. I just need to be focused. I need to zone. I need to zone in. And what my daddy is telling me to do.
that are born. And because I'm doing that, he's going to lay the hands. See, see, then the people will have to work to get in position. That's another thing the body of Christ don't want to do. They don't want to work. They don't want to do the things that God is calling them to do, the way that he's calling them to do. They want to do it their way and then wonder why they're not being blessed. They, they're not in position. They ain't even taking time to find out what position they're supposed to be in and wonder why they're missing it. But Peter zoned in. What is it you have me to do? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Now, because I'm being obedient, you're going to work everything else out. I'm going to finish reading. Hey, Amen. Says, while the bride was chosen for Christ before the foundation of the world, the espousal could not take place until Christ assumed humanity and assumed, ascended into heaven as a man. Many long betrothals. Christ has been the longest on record. He has been waiting for his bride nearly 1,900 years, but he will not have to wait much longer. Soon heaven shall resound with the cry, let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come, Revelations 19 and 7. There have been many royal weddings or international interests where the invited guests and spectators witness a, witness a spectacle magnificent in its appointments and rejoiced in the union that bound together different nations. But the wedding of the Lamb and his bride, the church, will surpass them all, for it shall unite heaven and earth in a bond that shall never be broken. For what God the Father should join together, no man shall ever put asunder. And that union, no divorce shall ever break. Done with the reading for the day. Amen. Yep, yep, yep. Good morning. How you all doing today? Pretty well, pretty well, dear. And you be? How you be? Uh, a little chilly right now on my walk. But I'm, I'm covered. Didn't the temperature feel like it dropped? Because I went jogging this morning when I first went out. It was well, they said back it's home. Supposed it's, like, oh, it's, it's supposed to be cooler, a little cooler today than what it was yesterday. But then the temperature's supposed to start going back up. Uh, okay. Well, we're in spring and nothing we can do about it. We deal with it. <laughs> well, I heard what you said about what was the word for the day. And while you was talking about it, things start popping up in my mind. For where you know you hear the old, uh, the old um, okay, which is true though. You know who your true friends are uh-huh. when you hear the rough times, which is true. But then too, your enemy isn't always your enemy. It's the person who they feel is the closest to you. And they think they know you so well that they think they can work you like a puppet. And like with the devil, he knows the Bible forward and backwards. But then he already knew that man was fickle. And he enjoyed himself working him like a puppet. But see, when man wakes up and no longer and is no longer fickle because he has a direction, he knows the law. He knows which way to go. Oh, then, yeah, the devil going to get mad because now he can't use this person the way he used to. 
And that's going to be your biggest struggle because, like you said, the devil twists words. And if you ever come somebody that has a Ph.D., if they start bragging about it and ask you the question, uh, you know, I got a Ph.D., you know what that means? Just tell them. You know how to word one sentence 20,000 20, different ways, and you hope I don't have enough sense to realize it. Because usually people that have PhDs, not all of them, but it's a good amount, they act like they're they're better and they're higher than the average person. You leave Arthur alone. <laughs> Arthur, you have a PhD? <laughs> I don't think you do. You got to know you got a couple of masters, at least a master. Okay, but I'm sure you came across a couple of them. They got, they got full of themselves once they got that um, degree. Like I said, it's not all of them, but it's a good amount of them. I have come across a few that had that bogus um, attitude. And when I had said that, that that statement, they looked at me, rolled their eyes, and walked away. Because just now to the point it is, if you can talk to somebody on their level let it be low, mid-grade, or high, and get them to understand what's the problem. Why you got to go ahead and talk to talk to them in a language that's going to leave them lost? And see, just like with the devil, he was God's right-hand man before he got denounced. So he felt like he knew everything. He wanted what God had. The God was the creator. So how you gonna move the creator out the way of his own stuff? So just like with close friends. And then when they start showing their true self, you get amazed. He said, Well, I thought this person had my back. But meantime, was they being a friend or were they being a parasite? I mean, so there's a lot of tangling and stuff going into there, too. So when Jesus came down to die for our sins, it had to be a whole lot of forgiveness because there was a whole lot of bad ways we got so used to that we didn't see the sin in it. And for the trials and tribulations, we got to go through it so he makes sure. Okay, yeah, they got it. They understand that. And it can't be on a group basis. It has to be on an individual basis. So are you saying that all of that was going to my marriage? And that we are very much happy that Jesus did come down here and show us the way that we're supposed to be.
And Sam, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Someone had asked the question yesterday. Why do we make it a habit of eating ham on Christmas and on Easter? And somebody else put in there said, well, we're not Jewish. But, you know, for Christmas and Easter, well, Christmas and Easter is pagan days. But if this is something that you're glorifying the Lord, why are you eating pork? Which that was a that was an animal that was that that they was warned against not to eat. Well, that was back. Um, that was back to again. Since we're gonna be specific, he told his people not to eat anything unclean, and the pig was mm-hmm. clean. Um. Even before that, he told everybody that you can eat anything. Um, Again, so now since we're not his people, that's just when I'm talking about his people, let me be clear, since we're not his people but his body, Uh should be a choice of whether or not is it a healthy, is it a healthy, decision for you? Does it affect you negatively? Okay. And that's understandable. But I'm going to say, I eat it because that's when they cook it. But then but again, I, when he's talking about unclean, do you not? And I'm sorry that I heard you, um, 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 Renee, when you asked. No, I don't have a PhD. Sam, thank you for answering that for me. But the thing is, when he, I think when he's saying un, unclean, meaning things that that still are, are, are have the blood in it, mm-hmm. so you have to make sure that that blood is out of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not defiled with the blood. So you know, okay. you know, because blood is life. That's the life that God has given us. You know, because without blood we can't live. True. So if there's a famine and we don't have any more fruit vegetables, we have no more livestock to eat to sac- you know to kill for the for us to eat. Um, I'm not supposed to go and eat you and eat flat eat eat fam for to see on my body. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's the way I get that, you know, because back in the, in the Old Testament, the, the Leviticus does tell you that you, if certain things says things that split the hooves and this, that, that, da, 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 da. You know what? Y'all make me sick. I'm supposed to be sitting at my desk. What, girl? What? I'm supposed to be sitting at my desk on me. Don't do this to me today. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Talking about Willis? Ah. You know what? Okay, I want to say this real quick, and I have to go back to my desk. Because at first I was, I I can't say I studied, I put Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they should never depart from it. Okay? Now, the thing is, with, when it comes to pork, when it comes to the pig and a couple of the other, um, the things that God said don't eat, 
it wasn't because of the blood. It's because of um, the cow, the, the deer. He said that was to, to the cut. It's like um, the grass and things like that. Those are big and they sweat. They don't have toxins. But things and, and things on that order, those things that you said not to eat, they're scavengers. So the thing was, when he, when he gave that law, it was because they would eat anything and they have toxins in their body that you can't process. Now, yeah, did I see that? He said, you can, you know, all food is good. Yes, all food is good. But the thing is, when you really look at it, when you go back to why he said don't eat it, now you got to make a choice. Okay, he said all food is good, but is it good for me? Just like Arthur was saying, is it good for me? Is it really, you know, is it is it going to benefit me just because he said, you know, just, just because it's there? Just because now I'm under, I mean, it goes back to just because now I'm under grace, am I supposed to sin? No, you're not. Those laws were set up for a reason, and now it goes back now, it goes back to choice. Are you going to choose what I've already told you is good and bad? Or are you going to choose just because it's made? You know what I mean? Just like when just like we were 21, our parents were just like, okay, I told you that smoking was bad, drinking was bad for you, blah, 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 blah. I told you all of that. Now that you've gotten grown, you can do whatever you want to do. But just because you already know better, that you don't pick up those same things that they're So that's that the whole what to eat, what not to eat, what to do, what not to do. I'm going back on mute. All righty, now we got some education going on off the set. True, true. Now, on that question, too, and um, I heard it yesterday, I also thought uh, back during through going through slavery and all of that, the slaves can only eat for what they could get a hold of. And they had to make do. Make do. And when they had to make do over this stuff, they did pray over it for the safety. You know, see, we sometimes we get over. I'm gonna just say we get over stupefied. You know, we we try to. I, you know, we we try to be so correct, correct. And, and, and so right for losing our righteousness. Yes. You know, all that stuff is, is you're getting right back into works, 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 and and, and you're losing the mean, you're losing the understanding, and, and we're losing Christ. We're losing Christ. All right. 
You know, we we so we're so caught up in the crossing our T's and dotting our eyes and we'll run over the baby in the road. You know, and that's but see again, that's that's man trying to be right. That's man trying to again getting even back. That's man trying to trying to make himself correct instead of right into the anointing of the Holy Spirit and letting God flow with you and grow you up. You know, that's just uh, anyway. And we do we got we got a bad habit as people not doing that. True. And you know what? Another thing, and I you a lot of I have to, I want to share this. I'm definitely going back on mute. Because you just like her, like you know what? I was just, I was, I was, uh, I, I go to a lot of um, Christian sites and stuff, and and I look at a lot of atheist um, comments and things. And one of the things they always bring up is how Christianity enslaves people. And when you look at a lot of um, these, um, you know, Hebrew Israelites to these black power kind of people, they said Christianity, you know, talked about slavery. But when you when you actually look at how slavery was supposed to be and how man made it, it goes back to what you just said, Sam. Man twists everything and takes the righteousness out of the word of God. Because slavery was only supposed to be to, slavery was only supposed to be to pay off a debt, or if you were in wartime and you became a you know and you were captured, they could only hold you for so long to work, and then they had to let you go. Man took it a whole step further and twisted the word to, to justify what they've done. And we do that often, but now God is telling us that it's time for us to go back to our first love, which is the truth. You know, if we study, if we really study this word the way we're supposed to, and let our spirit we will get the Holy Spirit Christ and the Holy Ghost, and not through our own understanding. I don't knock those people who go to theology school and all that other stuff, but if you're not connected to the Spirit of God, what you're learning is in air because man is fallible. Mm. Man is fallible. Unless unless they're talking to you and they're, and they're teaching you about tapping into the Spirit for yourself, just teaching you the Word of God is not going to be enough. Because it's the knowing of who God is is mm. what gets us, gets us, is what makes us strong. Mm. Not just knowing the word, but knowing who He is. Like you said earlier, what, what I thought was, which I was, I thought was really profound when you said, just like Babe Ruth and how He's the He taught God that you're right. God said in His Word exactly what He was going to do to show Him. To show us and Satan exactly how bad he is, I'm telling you, like you said, he's, I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen, and watch it still come out. I don't care what you throw at me, what you throw at my people, whatever you do to my son, it's still going to come to pass because that's me. This is all about me. You could you could throw you could put a pebble in it, you could throw a stone at it, but what I'm going to do still is going to come to pass. 
And if we don't get that understanding, that knowing of who he is, we're going to miss it. Because the tide has turned and the enemy has come into the church and he has really twisted the word to justify society instead of having where Christ justifies us. So, okay, I'm going. I love y'all. <laughs> going back on me. <laughs> I give a five minutes. Exactly. She can't stand it. She cannot stand it. It's burning the inside of her. But you know what? Just think about it. Okay, we lost you, brother Arthur. What'd you say? Uh, I said we lost. I sounded like Arthur was trying to say something, and we're like, we lost him. Okay. Yeah, you know, and uh, when I had when the when that question was asked, you know how people get so caught up into tradition, mm-hmm. and then they start forming their mind where they wanted to found. Mm-hmm. So it's just like when uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Let's look how many times they got twisted around. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I hit my, my, my mouth hit the thing. Remember, even before the Lord, in John, and the Lord said, the Lord tells you all, God already gave a specific order of, all of, of who should eat of the Holy Spirit. A lot of us think just because of the fact that baptized, that we have a right to um, go and partake of the Holy Spirit. But when we have caused all in our heart, I cast all in our heart against our brother and our sisters and things of that nature, or even done something that's contrary to the will of God. First of all, you need to go repent of ourselves, and then we then to make yourself qualified, because the word already tells us that if you do these things, you're drinking, you you eating it, your soul is, is being damned to hell when you are not right partaking it. So, therefore, we have to consecrate our, we have to be set apart. We need to cleanse ourselves of our sins before we even go and take the Holy Communion. I can't go out and get drunk on Saturday all day long and then probably smoke bush or whatever it is that I do and have illicit sex and stuff like that and then go think I can go and I'm worthy to go take take of the Lamb's sacrifice, the gift that he has given us, because I've already seen it. So we have to be careful about how we do things. We need to go with the evil. Every time we take a Holy Communion, we need to repent. Because we've fallen short somewhere along the way. Now, Felicia, I know you're coming back in a minute, but I'm, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> but we have to do these things because every day we fall short of his his of, of, of his calling, of, of, of his glory. And so we, well, we, a lot of us don't even do that. So that goes back to even the saying, we just... If we know something is not good for our bodies, we don't even need to even partake of those things. I'm not going to eat that cake that I know my brittle diabetic. I know I know that um, I'm not going to, uh, let me see, something else that would cause uh, sickness when you eat uh, besides the sugar and all these carbs and, and, and things of that nature, polysaccharides. But we have to be, we, are we worried? You got to go and ask God for permission to even to consume of his of, of his his evening meal. Because there is a, a a hereafter after we do these things. 
That's my opinion. I don't know about you all. Yeah, well, you're right. You are right. Brother Carly. No, I forgot I was on mute. Yep. Yes, sir. So I was just saying, I was just making a comment to the to to um basically what we was talking about. Always Am I allowed to do this? I'm allowed to do that. Can y'all help me? Anybody else got anything? No, I'm trying to get out here and get to this doctor's appointment, boy. I'm busy. Let me go ahead and pray for you. That's the next thing I was about to do is prayer request, so I'm for you. Is you ready to throw down? Yes, we are. All right, you. Father God, I want to lift up Brother Richardson. Randal Gosa, Darko, Drasti did go Saka. Harbron did go say, she got Randal Gosa and Rastogose. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Rotu Gosera Gombrakarasurakombra. Thank you, Father God. Rosted Gosse, she got Rambokarasurakanda. Murose did a Rambosirica Sede. Murose de, she got Randal Gosse, the Sherakosanda, she go say. Handal Gosse, Shandrasa, Brosede, Shandrosa, Kar.
Felicia's getting ready to say something. I said I want to. Huh? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, no problem. No problem, dear. All right. Boreshe de de kurumbo se de rumbo sandeke she de 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 rumbo ko arambo se she de Hombrocosenda, hombrocosenda, sombrocosenda, 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 handocosenda, sandocosenda, randocosenda, sandocosenda. Hm, your condition, the condition, the cosin de cerandoco, horocosi de shirkondruco, shirkandruco, shirkandoco. Hombrocosi de comprosia terracosi de shirkrocosi. Alrighty then. I see a training process that the Lord is taking you through. It's like He has blindfolded you and He has grabbed you by the hand and He's leading you. And you get comfortable to the point that you recognize His hand, His touch, and you trust His leadership. And so you're walking. Now, unbeknownst to you, you're walking around fires, snakes, scorpions. Sometimes you even treading on them. But you are so hooked up into the Father. And like you said, because of relationship, that you're not even aware or concerned about the things that are around you. But what you didn't know is that he had slowly, like when you first started, he was grabbing your hand intensely. And he slowly started loosening the grip. But you still kept walking, and you didn't even know that he had pulled away from you. He was still guiding you. He was still there, but he wasn't holding your hand as much. And then he got to the point he wasn't even holding your hand. But he was still there, he, so he never left you, but now... You're walking more on your own, and you're still walking around the trials and the traps and the the darts and the fires and the scorpions and the snakes, and, and even even a couple of times things have swung at you and they just missed or you you felt a little itch, or you, but nothing was able to stop you. Again, you were just so zoned in on your Creator and your relationship that all that other stuff it didn't really matter. Focus. So now he's getting to the point where he's going to slowly remove that blindfold from you. Now 
he's getting to the point where he's going to begin to slowly let you begin to see the actual things that are surrounding you, that are attacking you, that are coming at you. See, even even if you keep your eyes closed, you're still unaware, but you're going to begin to open your eyes. So now the question is, are you still, because see, you're going to look behind you. You're going to already recognize, wait a minute, I came through all of that. You're going to recognize, wait a minute, he's not even holding my hand. Wait a minute, how he get all the way up there? And you're going to look at his face, and he, and he, and it's not a, he's not mad, he's not perplexed, he's actually smiling because he's well pleased because he see you learning what he's telling you to, to do. You're learning what, he, what he's teaching you to do. So now that he's removed the blindfold, now that you see all that's around you, you see also where you came from, and you recognize that it was still only by his covering in his grace and mercy. So now, are you going to keep walking? Or are you going to stop? Are you going to get so paralyzed by the enemy that's surrounding you that you're going to stop? Because in your, in your state of perplexity, you're going to recognize that he never left and he still hasn't left you. And that his love still protects and covers you. And his love surpasses in that which is right by you with a grimace, with a frown, with a bat, with a knife. But are you going to stop? Are you still going to trust the master? Trust his direction, trust his direction, his leadership. Relationship? Are you still going to trust him as when you thought in your mind that he was still holding your hand, leading you step by step? That's where you're at right now. That's where he's leading you to. Are you still going to be willing to walk when now you're looking at danger for what it really is. Now you're staring it in the face and seeing it for what it, oh, it ain't, it, it, it ain't disguised. You know, the, the, I see you for who you are. I know you're coming to kill. I know you got a knife in your hand. I know this is a trick, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Are you willing to walk with that level of faith and obedience? And that's the question that God is putting before you. Not to be answered right now. Not to just give me an answer, because, no, nah, matter of fact, you don't even have to give me this answer. That's what God has got you and where he's leading you. Are you willing to still walk in obedience and even the way that, again, I'm going to say this, the way that he had been training you to walk? He didn't say do anything different. only thing different is now your eyes are open. That's the only thing different. Because, see, now even if you close your eyes, you still, wait a minute, I know some snakes and stuff. Okay, I know i got to be careful about what mm -hmm. So now is the key, this is the key, is it the key that now I become aware of my surroundings and I watch where I step 
and watch because that might get is the, i i got to be careful about what i say and what i do because now i know the enemy is there and i see i got is that how he trained you is that that is that how he taught you to walk that walk and do what he called is that is he wants you he trained you a specific way for a specific purpose to do a specific thing so now that he's removed the blinders does he want you to do it any different? Or does he want you to grow up to the... I still trust you. I'm still obedient. I'm still going to walk to rise up and do that what you called me to do. Are you going to have your nevertheless moment in your Garden of Gethsemane? And I'm done. And she probably won't get back on the prayer line for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that's why I'm going back on Before you go on mute, I'll give you the opportunity to beat me up and you can pray for me. How about that? <laughs> like, So Felicia, you gonna pray for uh, be able to pray for me? Can you hear me? Huh? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yeah. I'm gonna have to call you back, okay? Okay, that's cool. Not a problem. Well, anybody else want prayer? Sure. You can do me like 
Well, Renee? Yeah. Oh, it might be. I have nobody else say something. You might be now. Okay. Ah, ooh, the hot, hot, hot. Do, 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 do. I'll go ahead and pray for you now. Bora shia de kumbra shia ko se de de ko sarande ko se shia kumbra ko sanda. Shumbra de ko se shia ko rambo ko sanda ko se de ko sa haranda ko se de ko rambo se de kandras ko se shia ko rambo ko sa harambo se de ko se shia ko rambo ko se shia ko rambo ko sa pande ko se shia ko rambo ko se shia ko rambo ko se shia ko randa ko sa harabroko shia ko shia de Aradeshikose, <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, Father, we praise your name. We glorify you, Father. We praise your name, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. We thank you for this woman of God as you are continually pouring forth your spirit into her life, Lord. We thank you for this woman of God as you are continually growing up inside of her, Lord. We thank you for this woman of God as as the increase, the increase, the increase, the increase that you are going that you are doing in her, Lord, is beginning to manifest. It's beginning to manifest in a great... Thank you, Father. That the increase that you are doing in her life is making a difference, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. That you are continually speaking to her heart and blessing her. In spite of all that the enemy is doing, she is beginning to find out that your word is true. She is beginning to walk in another level of understanding and relationship with you, Lord. She is beginning to flow with you, Father. In a great and mighty way, Father. Just continually bless her and preserve her life, Father. And use her and your course for your joy and your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All righty, all righty, all righty.
It's nine thirty already. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that it's moving slow? Do you hope it's moving slow and moving fast? Mm. This don't have no hood on it. Nope, that don't have no hood on it. Now, what would you say somebody is moving slow and moving fast? What? I said, have you noticed over the past couple of weeks, when you think time is moving slow, it's moving fast. Oh. And then when you think that's moving fast, it's actually moving slow. <laughs> okay. Guess your, pain, your awareness is picking up, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. You don't know where your code is at? Huh? It was in the living room on the chair for the one you've been wearing the last couple of days. I don't nobody know where it came from. Here. Okay, same difference. I guess we'll let a couple of songs okay. play, see if Felicia get back on. Oh, okay. Homegrown music today, huh? Hmm? Homegrown music today, huh? Hey, you know. It's the TV. We got to make it happen, Captain. <laughs> 
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, anybody else got anything? I'm good. Get up. Well, I will say au revoir, and I'll holler at y'all tomorrow. Okay, have a blessed day. All right, bye. Okay, bye.